Welcome to Event Up, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma. Hello, welcome to Event Up, the place to get the latest and greatest in event news, ideas, and topics. In this episode, we will be discussing all things audio, visual, and the latest technology trends, and much more. Today, I'm joined by Nico Renna, founder and executive producer of Rock Solid AV, who I have actually witnessed their talent in action. Nico Renna is the founder and executive producer of Rock Solid AV, Rock Solid AV has been producing hybrid and virtual events even before the pandemic, bringing the latest in live sound, visual, and broadcast technology to WOW event attendees. And with over a decade of experience in television, branded content, and live broadcast, Nico helped transform events into national broadcast quality live stream brand building content assets that last will be beyond the end of the event. Let's jump right in, Nico. Woo! Thank you so much for having me on, Amanda. It's so good to be here. Wonderful. Why don't you share a little bit with our listener, like how you got started in the industry? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so took a roundabout path. So I went to school for for uh, video production and film and everything like that. Went into television for a little bit, and uh, and then I realized I didn't really I didn't love reality television all that much. It was neat, but like it, I just got burnt out and uh, I found events, uh, you know, I, I had someone ask me, hey, can you help us really up level our, our video? Um, it was a marketing group. And I was like, absolutely. And so they were doing some small events and they were like, wow, you do multicam productions and everything like that. We can't have we can't find anyone to be able to do that with this quality. And uh, so it just kind of grew from there and my passion for it and really helping people. We, we love helping businesses and organizations that like really change people's lives. And so uh, most of my clients are like high ticket, um, big groups of people who are like bringing in thought leaders and world, you know, movers and shakers and helping them really excel in whatever it is. Or the other end of it is the, uh, the groups that help people transform their life for the better, um, you know, whatever that may be. And it's, it's just so neat to see the change that can happen at an event. You know, we all know them. Thank you. And that's why it's important to surround yourself with the positive people, right? Like, I want to be older and still doing this and still loving it. Absolutely. You know, if you ever see me with not talk about events, I don't have a smile on my face. Please tell me I need to retire. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Nico, you know, last year was such a tremendous year in terms of the event industry and for many other industry, but I think with events specifically, because it's such a huge impact on what we do. So for you, what's something you worked on recently and that you're really proud of? the latest uh one that was pretty crazy so we i got a call from a client um that was hosting an ai uh, agricultural event for uh the senate ad commission and so they had the the senate come out a couple con congress people and uh a bunch of scientists and uh people from all over 
you know, the agricultural industry and, and farmers. They had they had actual farms. That's why they were doing it on a farm in rural Arkansas. And um, they thought they were going to have everyone on site. We were doing live only. And uh, I had asked them repeatedly, guys, do you want to possibly do a virtual component? And they were like, no, we'll record it. It's going to be great. Everything's going to be live. Everyone's going to be in the room. Well, um, two days before, I got a call from the client and they said, here's the deal. Our top scientists are being told that if they go, a lot of them are from like UC Berkeley and a few other um, really not COVID like cool places. And they're, they're going to get in trouble with their, their uh, where they sit, like on a board of advisors of scientists if they actually fly out and uh, attend a live event with a bunch of farmers and everything like that. So they were like, two days before the event, can you help us take this virtual? And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, all right, let's, uh, let's figure out how we can do this. And it was, it was just for like a VIP group that actually got into the virtual event. But then they also wanted, you know, some of those high level scientists to be able to talk in front of the Senate Ag Commission. And uh, so we had virtual speakers and everything like that. And I just had no time to prepare for for it. And it was crazy. But, you know, over the last year, this is what we've been doing day in, day out. And we were able to pivot it. And it was just like, okay, this is what needs to happen. This is what needs to happen. And uh, huge success. The client was very happy. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to, to live stream from the middle of uh, a barn. I mean, in middle of nowhere, Arkansas, it was, it was pretty funny. All of my stuff, all of my gear, I'm literally having to pay people to wipe it all down because it was just solid dust. There was just dust everywhere. We were out in the field. I was live streaming from the field. It was, it was crazy. We were like showing their instruments. It was, it was cool, but yeah, it was a lot. It was, it was again, it was intense. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I'm so glad that you still have a smile on your face after that. Oh yeah. <laughs> and oh, congrats, yeah. I was a, successful pivot because you know two days that's not a lot of <laughs> advance notice <laughs> yeah and that included the nine hour trip i was gonna have to take up there with gear and crew and everything and i just was like all right we'll figure it out we're, we were still looking at stuff while we were uh driving up there and everything trying to be like okay let's get this in place that in place checking off boxes and yeah made it yeah, happen you, it was fun though you gotta make it happen that's why they they love you right all day they're probably your favorite <laughs> you're probably their favorite vendor right now yeah you you know, at the happen. end of the day whatever the client throws at you somehow they expect you to freaking figure it out and um they love you for it when you do and you, i know y'all do the same thing <laughs> oh yes just prior to coming on this podcast i just put out fire myself so. yeah <laughs> Put out fire, then come on podcast. All right, <laughs> back to you. What are some of the best practices for virtual and hybrid events? Since you've been doing it for so long, please share some wisdom here. Yeah, okay. So I've seen a number of different things. Um, we were starting with, uh, originally when I, when I was saying way back in the day, the client who first brought me in, it was a marketing group, and they wanted me to start doing live streams to Facebook and facebook live was literally like people with their phone and you know 
they they were like, I'm pretty sure the API is opening up. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do this thing. And so we did a live professional multicam broadcast to Facebook and everyone was like, whoa, that can happen. This looks like television. I'm like, yeah, exactly. And um, and so with that, that really was where I saw there was a connection that was different than television because it was interactive. They were watching live, hosting questions, and then we were feeding those questions back to to the you know people on stage live, and they were inter- having a conversation, and um, that was really transformative. And honestly, that's the biggest thing I think that um, that sometimes in virtual, because there's so many moving parts, there's so many different components, it's so easy to put out just a stream. And it looks great and people, yes, they are there for the content, but the ability for someone in, you know, absolute nowhere, Arkansas, uh, Ireland, Australia, you know, they're tuning into these events. And not only are they getting phenomenal content, but then when they get to actually ask their questions and, and get them answered live, there's a connection that happens that is, um, just like in, you know, in the room. And honestly, I was talking to to one of my clients about this. This weird thing is kind of happening on live where they're the attendees getting almost a more, um, a more intimate, intimate uh, uh, feeling because the the speaker is typically talking directly to the camera when they're talking directly to the camera. There's a single viewer on the other end. So it feels just like we're having this conversation right now over Zoom, it feels like they're having the conversation with the speaker and it is, it, it kind of breaks this barrier um, and, and it almost makes no sense, but you don't feel like one person in a crowd, you feel like one-to-one. And, um, and so it, it's a lot more powerful than I think a lot of, a lot of people think with virtual. Um, of course, I love in-person, not gonna lie, the energy, in the room it's i i think i think it does lack a little bit of energy but the intimacy can still be there and um and not forgetting that it's it's about that in, intimacy and that you can achieve that virtually is is the biggest key that that um you know i just see I, i've seen some some miss no but nico i think you touch upon something very important right like the interactivity the connectivity and then the high energy like that's always something we also look for, right? You can't come on and be like, hi, everybody. Welcome to this conference. Like, yeah. off, you know, like mute myself, turn off my camera, or maybe I should just exit this meeting completely, right? But when yeah. you get someone exciting, you're kind of like, oh, this could be fun, right? Or interesting, at least. But I think the Ooh. always the fine art is keeping up that energy and how you continue to do that throughout your program. You know, so that's definitely an art and you have to have the right vendor, the right partner to execute your virtual and hybrid event in order to do that, you know, because oh, yeah. I've seen so many bad ones. You're right. But I've also seen a lot of good ones and there's always that commonality, right? Yep. And a lot of that has to do with what you guys do is take the stress out of it for the client, because when they're stressed, they're not bringing the excitement. They're not able to really be present and bring that energy and help you know deliver the content and that's what y'all y'all do which is just magic for them is they get to come in and just be 
and do the event and you know deliver their content and it's you know it really is huge it's huge what y'all do i agree that's make sure we add that to our video testimonial <laughs> it's true though you know we're like behind the scene our team is orchestrating everything versus the client you know okay press this button do that like is it my turn yet how do i make this go live and or virtual Right, and then we oh, work yeah. with the AV team. We work with the platform and just tying it all together like a beautiful musical. So that leads to my next question. So we talk about best practices. How about what are some AV disasters or maybe some, you know, things that we should not, the listeners should be cautious of in terms of like virtual and hybrid events to make sure we got kind of avoid. Um. So. The, the scariest for me is when a client wants to do the Simulive and it's all recorded and like somehow you get, it's usually like one person in the talent that's gonna be on stage or something like that. They are just not getting how this is supposed to work and they give it away and, um, and then the whole operation is predicated on not you know, I've worked for a lot of clients that like allow the audience to believe that it's live. Whether, you know, there's not any like explicit promises that it is live, live, you know, but, um, but yeah, when it is sold hard that it's live and then you get some talent that isn't quite, <laughs> quite delivering it correctly. And there it's, it's, yeah, it's just pretty obvious when you, you know what I'm talking about. When you get someone on stage, like, oh no, everyone's going to know. Like everyone's going to know. Everyone knows. Everyone knows now. <laughs> and it's, uh, that's, that's probably the biggest one because even if it's great content, someone feels like, you know, slightly, you know, they, they just don't feel super pumped about it. But I think audiences uh, handle live and simulive um combos really well if if it's really great content and you you say like hey so we have this great presentation blah blah you know you don't have to put up a sign say this was pre-recorded you don't have to do that but we're shooting it it's going straight uh to the encode and being distributed there might be a delay of you know depending on what encoding you're using they do have uh extremely low latency encodes where it's like three seconds and stuff like that typically what you're going to see is about a minute delay and that gives the content distribution network cdn time to distribute it everywhere evenly if there's any uh outages or anything like that it will speed up the viewers thing anyway so that's live simulive is where we are using the same processes and the same encoding but the entire program has been pre-packaged just like we're going to package you know uh you know a six hour eight hour video and we roll it through the same processes and through the same programs as though it was live it's just it is all edited it came out of a you know a non-linear editing system and it is perfect it's a, it's immaculate it's you're not going to have those errors that you have when when things are live and you know it, it runs seamlessly and um you know even even doing um little you know, sometimes a lot, a lot of my clients will do uh, live hosts 
and then we'll have you know some content is is live live where they're standing on stage but then we'll pack in a lot of really amazing content and roll it as though you know the speaker is right there with them and it's just a seamless event again um it it reduces the number of of issues but then the other thing is is you can get people that you wouldn't typically be able to get because it's hey when are you available are you available on this date uh no uh i'm richard branson uh i have things i have to do and you know all right hey richard branson what is 15 to 20 minutes of your time at any time in the next three months look like we'd love to get you talking on this it's a lot easier to get and uh you're gonna have a lot more you know high profile people who otherwise would never have been able to make the event you know make it that's so true that's so true all right let's jump now into talking about trends you know we've been at this for a while it's been 20 months since the pandemic what trends are you now seeing in the event industry coming up um the biggest trend that i saw was is which i, I being you know coming from uh multicam live stream before the pandemic I didn't agree with, but the biggest trend that I saw coming out in the last like five, six months is finally we're done with virtual. We're all done with virtual. We're going back in. Everyone's everyone's going to be in person. It's going to be great. We're getting rid of this virtual thing. And uh, I get it. The extroverts around the world, you know, rejoice and they want to be back in here. They want to be back in this room. Um, but virtual is not going away for a lot of different reasons uh other than the pandemic but um the delta definitely brought virtual right back in <laughs> but um honestly i i think it hit a different demographic and people who never were able to show up to events before and then also people who who for their businesses or for networking or whatever it was pushed themselves to go to events and they were introverts I talked to so many in these like kind of postmortems that we would do of, of virtual events with some of the high profile attendees and the introverts were like, oh my gosh, this was the best thing that's ever happened. I got so much more out of it. Um, I didn't feel like high anxiety the whole time. I was actually able to take in the content and then I was put in a breakout room with a group and I really connected with them where normally I would be like, Cool. Oh God, the content's done. I'm gonna go back to my room now. <laughs> and they were like, it was, it was, it was really powerful. So the introverts absolutely love virtual. Plus, people who just have trouble traveling, people with kids and everything like that. So that was the uh, the biggest trend that I saw. Uh, was we're done with virtual, um, but yeah, not gonna happen. I, I think this is here to stay and going to be very strong and it's a great thing it's a great thing the hybrid it's it's all good virtual by itself hybrid and um i i i don't think we're gonna see just it's like the arkansas event that i just did they thought it was just going to be in person and they realized it was the first one i was doing this year that they were going to be like only in person and uh they had to pivot last minute because that's not going to fly it's not going to fly in this environment um but yeah that's that's the biggest one. I'm trying to think of another interesting trend that I'm seeing. Um, Are people like you're doing a lot of virtual? Have you seen anything that's like really exciting or different like this year compared to last year's? Um, everyone's a lot more buttoned up, which is nice. They're not as 
um, freaked out by the whole idea, which is really great. You know, the, the clients are really bought in at this point. So that's been cool. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I think everyone, they want to get back to in-person and there is anticipation. When is this going to happen? They want to see it happen. I want to see it happen. You want to see it happen. Everyone in the events industry wants to see this happen. Um, but I think it's going to be a little bit longer. We'll we'll see what happens with uh, the other variants. But <laughs> I don't yeah. even want to say their name. It's terrible. <laughs> it's too many. Can't keep track. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Honestly, it just, you know, it's a tool that we're now adapted to. So might as well leverage it to its, you know, biggest capacity and however we could use it. You know, a lot of our clients, because of virtual, they expanded beyond just United States. Yeah. Right? And I think that's one of the biggest perks. So that part is one of the main reasons why virtual is here to stay. And also accessibility, right? Just on another podcast, if you guys tune in, Xiaoying from Run the World, she started her podcast because her mom was a doctor and was unable to travel to U.S. and thinking like, how can they connect, right? And that's why she started Run the World, which is amazing. So I'm grateful for all the virtual platform, I'm grateful for company like Nikos, because of them, we can do continue to what we do, right? And then help our clients provide that solution where we could help them continue to connect. Heck yeah. Actually, you know what, now that you mentioned the podcast, I, I will say the trend that I see um, that has kind of happened since all this virtual stuff is people are taking their content and they are, they're doing more bundled approach where it may start with you know, bring bringing attendees in or or listeners in on a podcast, and then they see them on a on a live stream, and then they come to a small little virtual event, and then they they get to a big event, and then they're like, oh my gosh, I'll buy VIP for the for the uh, you know hybrid event when I can actually go in person, and it's just made this process a lot smoother, and people are able to take you know the getting into a brand and getting into a certain mindset of of content that you know people are putting out there and for marketing it's just been a lot more seamless of a process because it's a lot more bite-sized for the uh for the attendees and the viewers it's so true isn't that amazing how it's progressing that way yeah i love it <laughs> what um exciting since you you're all tech right like what exciting new technology have you know can you share with the listener that came out recently or that you love using yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the most exciting thing to happen in broadcast and AV and everything right now to me is NDI. Um, it's it's basically what, what so it used to be you had a snake for audio, right? And so you'd have the mixer at the back, and then you'd have the the front stage where everyone plugs in everything, and you got this huge cable running all the way through, and you got like XLRs on XLRs, which if you don't know what that is, it's the three pin thing with the you know thick cable. And you gotta wrap that cable in a ton of rubber because that's high fidelity audio. You're trying to pipe through there and you got like 30 of these wires going from the back of the, uh, you know, wherever the farthest back is, right? They have the little AV booth and then we're running all the way to the, to the front of the stage. We gotta like section it off sometimes even with railing. And uh, so that has been replaced in the last couple of years with a little cat six cable that the ethernet cable that you have in your house that you're using when you plug into the wall that they replace this giant monstrosity of a snake and the whole freaking thing uh with this one little cable 
And so that's happened with audio. Some guys are still obviously using XLR and some other, you know, combo, but digital has really, really taken over um, audio space in the last three, three, four years. It's ubiquitous. Um, now video, because there is so much information, so many ones and zeros flying through those wires and those cables, um, they, it's been slower to be able to get to running everything over a cat six, cat seven cable, um, but we're there now. And it's really exciting because now instead of having, you know, just a bear of a time running information to cameras, and usually you're just pulling, pulling information from the camera. So you're pulling the image from the camera back to the switcher in the back of the room, back to the encoder. And uh, now um, there was some systems already to help talk to the camera so you could remote control it from the back. And, but basically you had to have a camera operator right at the camera. Um, now with the NDI coming in, we're going to see a single little cat six cable run beautifully and seamlessly through the whole, you know, system. And we might be able to mount these cameras with little, uh, PTZ, um, you know, gimbals and, and be able to control them completely. And it's not going to be a, uh, uh an ugly mess of wires. It's going to be a wire. And it's going to be beautiful. So that's, um, and we're going to be able to talk to the cameras. Camera operators will be able to be remote. So hiding cameras, more cameras, um, much less wires and cabling, which, you know, you see AV come rolling in. It's like stacks on stacks of stacks of, of cables. And uh, that's going to eliminate a lot of it. And that is very exciting, um, which also means mobility is going to be better. Um, so we're going to be able to have, uh, you know, crews able to move a lot faster, um, a lot less, you know, tripping hazards for the fire marshal to get mad about and all just all kinds of exciting things. So NDI is the big thing um, that's kind of rolling out. Um, there were some there's already been a rollout of it, but we're really getting to a point where you, it's reliable and uh, we're going to start purchasing purchasing NDI equipment where we've been little reluctant uh before and, and yeah so that's that's really exciting so it's ndi is it's cat six cabling for networking cameras and stuff like that how exciting i think the when you said less cords that's definitely music to my ears yeah because you know as the agency we're always like you're gonna put that cord away right you're gonna take that down you're gonna do yeah. put something over it you know because we're like all about safety first you know and before pandemic it was just cords but now we have fires to wor worry about. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Nico, for you, you know, I think for a lot of listeners, just in case they haven't hired AV company before, or maybe they're trying to hire one for virtual and hybrid, what are some questions they should be asking you? Um. Yeah. 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 That's that's a great question. Um. The biggest thing is is knowing what is enough and what is what is too much and you know i've, I've talked to clients where um of, of course a lot of a lot of people show up and they want you know they want to put on south by southwest for you know 10k and it's like 
we need to massage expectations here. <laughs> uh, but then the other side of it too is I've had I've had clients where they they really think it's going to be like a hundred thousand dollars to put on something, and um, and it doesn't need to be that for their audience. So asking your um, asking your AV crew, hey, what does it typically look like to serve this audience? What does that that setup look like, and what are the cost structured uh, structures that really, really wow the audience and actually bring in that uh, that that production value that you're looking for in your AV? And um, I, so that's the big one is being very open and and asking questions about it instead of dictating like, hey, we want this, we want that, we want LED walls, we want you know, because if you if you even look at LED walls. Um, if you want uh, Hollywood productions shoot on LED walls now, and they have little itty bitty, I mean, they're, they are they are the smallest little pixels. And it's like staring at like an 8K, 4K screen, like right there, but gigantic. And they're millions upon millions of dollars. And um, sometimes that's necessary. But a lot of times you take an LED wall, you know, maybe you're going to be doing it outdoors. Maybe you're going to be doing it, uh, you know, a little bit farther away. You can you can find ways to to save costs, and it doesn't always have to be the highest ticket, um, you know, item. And a lot of the times, you can find um, an AV group that is willing to work with you and help you realize where you can save save costs and everything like that. And uh, but of course, if you if you want to if you want to spend, there's definitely uh, equipment has. Uh, has an exponential curve on uh, on cost, but incremental on actual um, production value. That that's the biggest thing that I would say is the is the biggest takeaway. Production value goes in like linear increments, whereas cost is exponential. And um, and that's that's just where we are right now. Every little inch on the production values, you're going to see that cost ratchet up. So be very clear on where you where you want to fall on that production value line. That's great insight, Nico. I think for us, like usually we always ask our client, like what is the attendee journey you're trying to deliver, right? And kind of work backwards and because it's true, like, you know, different budget give you kind of different. We could do million dollar production, half million dollar production. We could also do a hundred thousand dollar production. What's your budget? What is it that you want your attendee to experience? Right, Nico, and we can make it happen. But I think that has to be very clear. It doesn't mean just because something is fancy that it it works for it's good, right? And just a lot of times, what we see is like this is a popular one where client will see something like we want to do exactly that, but yeah. then when we talk to them about their strategy or their goals, we're like, but these doesn't hit your goals, and they're like, oh, you're right, you know. So we're like, did your goals change? They say no. And was like, so perhaps we shouldn't be doing it this way just because it looks nice, right? Or yeah. someone else did it. You want to make sure it's very strategic. So that's why it's important to kind of have that conversation with the AV company to kind of discover what it is that, you know, you ultimately want and that makes sense for your budget. You know, you have so much great insights that you share with us today. Some of my favorite include packaging your event differently. Right now with the virtual hybrid and live, you have... Have that opportunity so something for the listeners to think about secondly virtual here virtual is here to stay you know we heard that several times from you and 
definitely ingrained that in our brain as well. And I would say, think about how you can leverage that, right? And as we wrap up, what's the best way for our audience to get in touch with you? Uh, check out rocksolidav.co or uh, email me at nico, N-I-C-C-O, at rocksolidav.co. And uh, Amanda, thank you so much for having me on today. This was so much fun. It's great to see you every time and uh, hope, hope to see you in person soon. Thank you so much. So good to see you. Best of luck with the event, San Diego. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nico, for joining us today. And for those tuning in, if you have any question or if you are interested in working with Nico, please reach out to him at rocksolidav.com. Thank you for tuning in today for today's episode of Event Up. If your company is looking to level up your event experience, we are your solution. We do all the work, you take all the credit. Check out our upcoming webinar. We'll, we will be covering a variety of topics. Go to our website on our blog to register. Don't forget to share and subscribe for more episodes. And if you like what you heard today, make sure you also share with your friends. We will chat with you next time. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time on Event Up.